0: I'm Rob Morris and welcome to Season 2 of Beyond the Game, Moore's Hyperlocal Sports Podcast. Before we get to this week's episode, we'd like to thank all the sponsors who make this podcast possible. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations, and Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. J.D. Northcutt's 33-year radio career has made his voice one of the most familiar of high school football in Oklahoma. Northcutt and his team had their last broadcast on KOKC at the end of the Moore Lions football season this year. J.D. joined us to talk about his time as the voice of the Moore Lions. J.D., man, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast. It's so much fun to, to talk to you knowing that you have 33 years of history with the Moore Lions, but I want to go a little bit further back than that. I mean, prior to that, uh, tell me, where did you grow up? Uh, Where did you go to school? How did you end up as the voice of the Moore Lions?
1: Well, first off, Rob, really appreciate you uh, asking me to be a part of this. Uh, What you do for our community is absolutely outstanding. Um, Basically, to answer your first question is, uh, grew up in Moore. Uh, an old South Oklahoma City guy uh, went to uh, Sky Ranch Elementary uh, back when uh, Brookwood Village and all that going back, save and south of there was uh, all country um, back over there, like where Rivendell is and all that. There was a, a place we used to go to, Golf Acres. Uh, so that was uh, all country land. Now it's all grown up, and we have Westmore High School over there and. Um, so uh, that's pretty much uh, where I grew up. I went to Moore West and then ended up going to Moore High School. We had 11, 1200 kids in our graduating class. That was back when uh, Moore was still a one high school town and uh, graduated in 1982, the class of 82, and um, just had a lot of great memories, and then Um, The next thing you know, I went to a John Brooks uh, sportscasting seminar and met some people. And that's what got me interested in radio. And so my first year with more football uh, was 1991. All right. So...
0: Back at high school a little bit. What did you do in high school? Did you play sports? You yearbook, Stuco. I mean, what? kind well, of Well, uh, I was in?
1: involved in DECA and my dad's business at the time. We, we were right in the middle of the oil boom, so it was busy. So, uh, Dad, uh, after school, said, uh, "Son, uh, what time school out?" And uh, well, school's out at three, and it wasn't. Hey, you can come to work if you want to. It was uh, hey, you will be at work at three <laughs> thirty. And uh, pretty much uh, worked um, for my dad and uh, worked for my dad up until when he passed away here a couple of years ago. And um, so just uh, worked, uh, loved football, um, listened to how I kind of got interested in radio was listening to uh, John Brooks do OU games and Big Bob Berry Sr. Senior, Senior do OSU games. And you didn't really watch a lot of football on TV back in those days. You listened to the games on the radio and that's really... Uh, what uh, kind of fueled my fire or my passion, if you will, to, to show interest in the radio side of the sports industry. And
0: when you think about that transition, because, you know, you talk about John Brooks, you talk about uh, Bob Berry Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're talking about icons Absolutely. In, in this area, in the region. And really, you know, nationwide, both of those guys are, are, are known. What was it that kind of made you think, hey, I'm working at my dad's furniture store, but
1: Man, radio. There's just something about radio. What was it that drew you? Well, I mean, just being involved in the competition. I mean, even though maybe you might, you're might you not taking a snap, you're not calling a play, but you're emotionally involved in the game when you're doing a game on the radio. Um, so just uh, to, you know, that's the one thing I always when I get an opportunity to talk to our football team is you guys need to cherish these moments because you, you're a freshman. The next thing you know, you're going to be a senior, an old man like me. I get to be a senior every year, you know, because I get to come back. I get to come back. And uh, so just um, love of sports. Uh, I love to talk and uh, just, you know, kind of fell into it really by accident by just uh, John Brooks kind of inspired me and said, you have the personality for this. You ought to pursue it. And so I thought, hey, you know, when somebody like that gives you kind of the shove, if you will, um, that's why I decided to to go ahead and do it, and uh, it's kind of weird because I didn't really pursue uh, being the voice of my alma mater. It just kind of, everything fell into place, and the dominoes fell to where that's uh, how I become the voice of the Moore Lions.
0: Yeah, and talk me through that, because you had your first radio job after the Brooks Mm -hmm. um, School, What was your first radio job and how did you go from that first job to becoming the voice of the Moore Lions? Well, my
1: first radio job really was uh, helping out the uh, broadcaster um, on old 640 radio, uh, helping him out, and uh, I didn't really think that I was even going to be on the air. Uh, I thought I'd just do stats and first game I show up and there's a headset there and he said, hey, if I need a drink of water or something, make a comment, and then I just got more and more comfortable.
0: So you were technically a color guy.
1: Absolutely. Person. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then uh, when uh, Mr. Rowland uh, took over the football program, you know, me and him like became instant uh, best friends. And he said, hey, JD, I want you to be the voice of the Moore Lions, or you know, the play by play voice. And uh, you're from this community, you know, this community and uh, that man, that's kind of how it how it all really started. And then and in uh, we, uh, 1994, when Coach Tom Knowles took over the program, we started having some success. And then we started gaining a following. And then with the uh, signal of KOMA, the 50,000 watts, there was no internet listening or anything of that nature back in those days. You had to listen on the radio. There was no streaming or anything. Well, uh, people, as far as Canada, could listen to more line football on the radio and we started a campaign to where you would uh, uh, send in a postcard, and whoever sent the postcard from the furthest, in the, we would send them a KOMA a t-shirt and a, a Moorline cap. Well, back then uh, it wasn't necessarily the cost of the cap or the t-shirt; it was the cost of the postage, because back then you didn't have all the competition and all the shipping these days. So you know it cost 20, 25 bucks to ship a a hat and a t-shirt to uh Saskatchewan Canada or North Dakota or wherever that we would send it and uh so we kind of after two or three years realized hey you know what we got a pretty good following I don't think we need to do that anymore so Mm -hmm. it's just kind of those early days that's kind of how it started and then you know uh being in the Moore community KOMA 1520 was an, an icon, uh, and it's called KOKC now, but still, everybody, hey, you're still broadcasting on KOMA, and I don't correct them, because to me, even though it is KOKC and uh, talk radio format, back then it was the oldest station, 50s and 60s. Yeah, and it's remarkable,
0: that I, I think... A lot of us older folks, you know, and by the way, for the record, I've got you by about seven years. Just you know. know. You're a young man to (laughs) me.
1: I appreciate that.
0: But, um, you know, we think about the KOMAs. We think about the WLS in Mm -hmm. Chicago. We think about, can't remember the one out of Indiana, out of Mm -hmm. Fort Wayne. There was another one that um, that you could pick up almost anywhere in the country. I mean, I was in South Carolina listening to um, Chicago radio uh, and... um, the that environment is—it's just a different world than it is now. I mean, so many options—you get flooded, you know, almost a glut of streaming options. Absolutely. Um, but back then, it was well, Clear
1: Channel, Clear
0: Cut. I mm, mean, it's—you well, the deal.
1: Yeah, there was one or there was uh, three options for television, and there were four or five options to listen to radio and it was there was one country station, one rock and roll station, one oldie station, one talk radio station there wasn't all the competition that what we have today and uh, I mean we're just flooded with all these choices so sometimes it even gets confusing.
0: Yeah and you didn't have the option if you missed the broadcast no you missed missed it. everything
1: yeah now there was no uh recording no dvr no going back and uh, listen to it again no uh podcast like what we're doing here today and it was you know it, 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 you listen live and that that, it, that was your only option and um, that's really kind of how like i said we created a following uh, with Moreline Football, and we were kind of known, uh, uh, like the Dallas Cowboys are known as America's pro football team, we were known as America's high school team just because of the coverage that KOMA provided for us to uh, get out there and uh, people listening to high school football, and just think about, we, you, just, you think about it, but you just never know who's listening. And you know those people driving across the country that you don't know where they're at, but they're running through that radio dial and they hit fifteen twenty, and it's and it's an exciting game. And you know you just over the years you don't know who all listened. And then not only back in those days, now a lot of these high school teams and these high school programs, and it's great for these kids because they're getting the exposure with all these different uh, streaming services. But back then there were only. Uh, two or three high school teams in the metro area that had a consistent weekend week out radio broadcast so like say Moore for example was playing UConn well then you'd pick up the UConn listeners too and then they would call hey really appreciate how you talked about our program and so that was always very rewarding as well even though everybody knew we wanted the more lines to win but if a kid On an opposing team made a play we always make a point to to uh, make sure that we give them credit where credit is due.
0: Yeah and I want to talk a little bit about kind of the nuts and bolts of a broadcast you know both on a you know a a micro level and a macro level so (laughs) let's start with a micro level because that's kind of where we're we're at right now. The preparation for these kinds of things I mean um, you're you're talking about being there Tommy Knowles era and Mm -hmm. through all of the coaching changes how much work goes into preparing for a broadcast of knowing who those kids are, knowing who the coaches are, and then knowing enough about the opposing team that you can comment well on them as well. Well, I
1: mean, you, you're, I'm a routine guy. It's just like in, in uh, uh, your job, you're a routine guy, you know, Hey, I got this podcast. that has got to be done and got to be produced. Then I want to know when I'm going to start my preparation or um, so basically my, Game plan for my radio broadcast is a lot like uh, how a coach would game plan for a Friday night game. Well, my process starts, I like to decompress after a Thursday or Friday game, get through the weekend, enjoy some college football, and then on Sunday, I will start emailing the opposing coach, which as long as I've been in the business, I've developed a relationship with all the opposing coaches um, they're all great friends of mine, and they're always very receptive and, of uh, being on our pregame show and providing me uh, information. They're not going to give me a game plan, but you know they're going to give me what I need. <clears throat> so then you got by, uh, if say, a Friday game, by uh, Tuesday you want a certain amount of things done. By Wednesday you want uh, to kind of start putting the finishing touches on, and then on Thursday you get your highlighters out and you double check all your notes, and you go back through, and then if the football game is at 6:30 a.m. on Friday morning. I want to be prepared and ready to broadcast before I go to bed the night before the game.
0: And just as a reminder, this was never your full-time gig. You were not, you know, raking in the bucks as the voice of the Moor Lions.
1: No, what what the the voice the the More Lion radio program is? We give back to the community. Um, uh, I've always said this when. Uh, you can become you can be uh, uh, get involved in your church Red Cross um, there are so many different organizations uh, that you can give back to and the one thing that we the way that we set up our uh, radio program is we give back to our more football program there's a lot of kids that uh, can't afford cleats and things of that nature um, we, we take care of our coaching staff and we take care of uh, uh, foods and, and different things so most of uh, most of our crew, they're in it for the for the, from from the heart not from the wallet that's the way i like to put it
0: yeah and that's a big change from how things are done these days too i think you know and you know i don't want to beat anybody up or anything but of just looking at the way you guys conducted yourself and the way you interacted with the program, that was one of the things that I've always noticed and respected is that you were there to serve the community, the Moore Lions community, and serve the kids and the coaches that were a part of the program. So kudos for you for that. Now, as you think about those 33 years, especially when you're calling games, what, what are the moments for you that, that stand out the most?
1: Well, I mean, the, the fun, there's so many great memories. I mean, probably the, the most important is the relationships. I mean, my best friends in life I've made because of my association with Moreline football. Uh, head, uh, former head coach Tom Knowles is one of my best friends. We played golf together a lot. Uh, coach Mann coached uh, Greg Lindstad and those assistant coaches in those days. And then just uh, Brad Hill, that was the head football coach here recently, and now is at Kingston. And then my relationship with Greg Bryant and and the staff that we the current staff that we have now, um, you know. And I mean, the thing about the, the they show me the respect. And Coach Knoll started this back years ago, is they started calling me Coach Northcutt. I, I don't call a play. I'm not an X's and O's guys. but I'm around the field house, and I'm in the I'm entrenched in into the. fabric of the football program so they just make me part of their coaching staff and that's the ultimate uh, uh, reward if you will and the ultimate show of respect and so that's why I try to show the respect back not only to uh, our more football program but also being the voice of Oklahoma high school football and uh, you know just uh, promoting kids and uh, I know that there's a lot of people that are in this industry that that's what they do and and we talk about it a lot, and uh, so we just want to promote these kids and and really uh, show them that the res- the respect and, and these high schools and uh, these parents and everybody that gives so much um, to promote um, what we to promote uh, these communities and these towns that we go visit and especially with the more lines,
0: Yeah, and, and I've heard you talk about this before, too, that it's not just the relationships with the coaches and the community, but the crew you work with. I mean, you're the voice, and everybody knows J.D. Northcutt, but you always have shown respect and, and um, a real passion and, and love for the guys that you work with that make this thing happen every week.
1: Well, I mean, they're, my, my crew, you can't do it without the crew. Uh, the late Greg Rowland uh, and I, we started it. Um, then uh, Larry Brake, uh, he he helped us out for years. Larry Harris helped us out for years. But uh, my current crew, uh, Justin Rowland, uh, he's been uh, uh, my sidekick per se for a long time. And then uh, uh, Dale Reeves, Jim Lawson, they do a great job. My engineers, uh, Patrick Roberts, he's been with me 31 years. Uh, Ryan Beam, he does a great job for us. And then Having my son, Jacob Northcutt, being part of the crew um, after uh, he went off to college, and then now that he uh, comes, and what's kind of cool about Jacob is uh, <laughs> back when he was a youngster, he was our snack provider. Uh, he, my wife would uh, take him to uh, 7-Eleven or one of the convenience stores and get snacks, and he knew what you, he knew what each one of us liked. And then so uh, now he went from snack provider to now an actual on-air color analyst, and he does a great job. So um, though, we're family. I mean, the, the way I tell those guys is, uh, again, you, we, you don't have to be blood to be family. And we're family, and we're an extension of the Morfline football family because it is a family atmosphere. And and you know, when you get into the into the trenches, and you get in there, and you get with these uh, people, and you work uh, side by side with them, and you go through the the good, the bad, and the ugly. To take away an old mo- mo- uh, title of an old movie. I mean, it's, uh, you just keep digging and everybody uh, works together and pulls on that same chain. So now stadium lights
0: are down. It's, you know, the sunset, it's, it's happened and it's kind of, you're moving on to that next phase in life. Uh, what does it feel like and where do you go from here?
1: Well, you know, I mean, uh, certainly want to continue to broadcast uh, football games. Uh, my family, my wife, Dana has been very supportive for 33 years uh, my, of course my uh, daughter and son-in-law they live in Austin it's uh, uh, Brooks and Shelby Lebruue and uh, we're hoping maybe for grandbabies one day and uh, of course my son so uh, just going to kind of decompress and a- as you do each season uh, because it's it's a grind but it's a fun grind and uh, we me and the radio guys we get together we're just we're just going to kind of decompress and and uh, just kind of uh, soak up the holidays, soak up uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and uh, I will uh, always get the opportunity to do some state championship football and, and state uh, tournament basketball for another entity, and I'll get to do some of that stuff, but um, just not not real sure, you know, um, hoping uh, uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll keep continuing in some form or fashion, and we'll just kind of go from there and uh, the good Lord has a plan, and, and we'll trust it, and we'll go from there.
0: Well, JD, I appreciate you taking the time to walk me through history and, and share with folks a little bit about that so they can kind of get a, a glimpse behind the curtain of who you are. Thanks so much for all you've done for Moorlands football over the year, too.
1: Well, I tell you what, it's been an honor, it's been a privilege, and uh, I, I can't thank everybody enough for everything that they've done, all of our uh, listeners, sponsors. Uh, All the coaches that I've had the opportunity to work with, athletic directors, head football coaches. Uh, Went through uh, three athletic directors, uh, what, uh, nine head coaches and, uh, man, it's been a ride. It's been a fun ride, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep pedaling that bicycle. We just don't know which bicycle we're going to ride right now.
0: I hear. We, we've covered a lot of ground. Is there anything that we didn't
1: talk about that you wanted to
0: make sure folks knew?
1: Oh, no, not really. I mean, just want to thank uh, everybody that's uh, supported us, and, uh, you know, again, want to just thank my family and my, my crew. Um, can't get it done without the crew, and uh, we, uh, the one thing that is very special to me as we'll wrap this up is uh, there are some special awards uh, that, we, that we give away as a football program that uh, all the head coaches uh, endorse and Coach Bryant uh, continues to endorse these uh, awards as we speak. We have the uh, Scott Myers Big E uh, Award. Uh, that we'll give away at the banquet. We have the Greg Rowland scholarship that we give away, and then the late, uh, great uh, Taylor Big Lou Lewis, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, We miss those three men, uh, but those three men, uh, they're not with us here physically, but they're here with us in spirit uh, because once a more line, always a more line.
0: Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Game. We're grateful for the support of all our sponsors. Norman Regional Health System, offering a free Saturday ortho clinic for high school athletes at their Norman and Midwest City locations, and Beneficial Automotive Maintenance, working to help you avoid costly car problems before they happen. You can listen to Beyond the Game wherever you get your podcasts or online at moremonthly.com. We'll be dropping new podcasts weekly so you can follow More Monthly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you think about it, hit the like button and give us a rating and review. It helps spread the word about Beyond the Game to other listeners.